welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is james kandasamy from achieve investment group llc welcome james hey rama happy to be on your show thanks for being on the show a little bit about james james kandasamy is a best selling author and award winning multi family syndicator since establishing achieve investment group llc in 2015 james has syndicated nine large apartment complexes totaling 1700 units and grown his portfolio to 130 plus millions with over 6 years of experience in real estate and more than 4 years in multi family acquisitions and asset management james harnesses his experience and drive to offer clients first hand vertically integrated services in multi family investment finding off market deals asset construction and property management with that james would you like to add anything to your background no i think you have covered it very well i mean i'm a best selling author as well we can go through my book later on uh, which is a book i wrote for passive investors yeah that's the other route uh, title i'll have rather than all that big uh, big uh, million dollar assets that we talk about sure so how did you get into real estate and multi family james real estate is basically i mean i'm an engineer electrical engineer with an mba you know working for big corporation working for big it tech companies for 22 years i'm a senior manager in an engineering company like big name semiconductor company and uh, you know when you work you're very busy working right uh, but i always have uh, this uh, scare about my you know kids education right uh, where you know in the us kids education can be very expensive and uh, you know if you are in if you are from asia or south east you know south asia right you you know the education is much much cheaper there right and um, so when i came here i found out that education is so expensive and i know if i just work my normal w2 job you can't get out of that w2 job you are stuck right so so i said okay i have to do something else on top of my w2 job so this started as a part time venture we started with single family buying one rental you know um, actually we didn't buy one we buy like five we bought like five per year and then from there you know we moved up to multi family you know in the next uh, few years after 2013 so 2015 when we started started multi family so it's basically a desire to you know have another incoming from my w2 job on top of my w2 job you know i tried stock market but stock market is so volatile and you got no control and you know you are like you, know, you do not know what you're doing right i mean frankly that's what people think that they know you know the fundamentals of stock and they can predict it but 98% of individual investors never really make money on stock market that's the data shows and i want something that's controllable where you know i can go and control because you know we want control right whatever money where we are putting right and stock market doesn't give that right but real estate gives because real estate you no know, you are the top of the food chain you are the top guy right you are the owner of the asset right in stock market you don't own the asset you probably own 0.001 and if something wrong in the management your stock can go down you know 20 30% right so you got no control so so that's how i ended up with real estate because it's a lot more control i wanted another additional stream of income and also no one this you know part time job too much disruptive in my peaceful of my mind and my job so that's why real estate right and why multi family why multi family well that's where i learned uh, i mean we started with houses single family houses right and then multi family is a natural progression uh, apartments are natural progression now you're you're going more than five units houses so you're going to multi family and and multi family is different beast right i mean the houses you know you have a limitation on houses you can buy like maybe 10 houses under your name and maybe you add your 
spouse's name, you can put another 10 houses, maximum 20 houses, right? Under Fannie Mae loans. Then you have to go to portfolio loan, which is more tricky, right? Houses. But houses also is very difficult to manage, right? You have different tenants. You are tenants call you directly. So you have to talk to them directly. And you know, you have different, different times, insurance expiring of different houses. So it's a lot of management. It's very intensive uh, in terms of management. Then multifamily is, you know, you can hire someone to run the show on the site. You know, as long as you underwrite your deal properly and as long as you you are able to uh, you know scale your business and if you are good at people management or if you're good at project management I mean all your audience need to listen if you are good at you know, people management or project management at your work you probably can run this business right because it is people management and project management you know using people you can basically you know delegate that to them so that you know you can focus on your normal w2 job and your life so that's why multifamily and also multifamily has a fast appreciation component right where the value of the multifamily is based on you know income that is produced by the multifamily so compared to houses you know you can build a palace in the middle of all the houses 100,000 houses you can build a palace costing 1 million dollar the valuation would probably will come like 110 or 120,000 right of that palace even though you spend 1 million because it's based on the surrounding comps whereas in multifamily that's not the case right it's based on the income stream so the higher the income that that multifamily is producing the higher the value is so we go with the multifamily because we can go and work hard and put in our sweat equity. You know, we can really work hard, push up income, increasing the value and we can make a lot more money for multifamily. So right. Yep. So what challenges you faced during early stages of your multifamily journey and how did you overcome them? Early stages is a, a lot of, you know, mindset thing, whether you can do it or not. I mean, uh, I'm an immigrant, right? Who came from out of this country You know, coming here, you want to buy a house. I mean, it's easy to buy a stock. No one sees you. You just register on Robinhood or E-Trade and you just buy and nobody really talk to you, right? But you can't simply go and buy real estate, right? People did talk to you and they'd see you and you know, this guy doesn't sound American. No, what are you doing? You know, so, <laughs> so it's a different game, you know, for immigrants, right? Uh, yeah. And, but that didn't stop me. I mean, I just, you know, I just look at a good deal and I look at it as I'm helping them, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong helping them. And the law here, you know, allows you to go and buy any deals, uh, you know, on the market, right? As long as you are doing normal transactions transaction right you are doing everything legally so you know there's uh, so that was a mindset thing i thought that people would not sell to me you know who's this guy coming in out of the door he you know, so doesn't have the accent of the americans here who have normal accent trying to buy my house because i was buying distressed houses right so and later on we bought distressed multifamily you know you, you are the only guy who looks different in that multifamily but you are the owner so, so but then you know, we overcome all that i mean we just thought we we're just doing our work and and even raising money from people i mean when we do syndication right where we raise money from investors we have a lot of investors who are engineers lawyers doctors and you know uh, business owners uh, they all come and invest with us i mean why they should give it to this guy right so but we had good track record we build that good track record and uh, you know that's how we overcome it right um, and we tell people and we work really hard and you know we are being very uh, we became uh, you know a very trustworthy person just because we, we are really working hard and we give really good returns for our investors so that's how we overcome our roadblocks right thanks for sharing about mindset issue yeah that's so true yeah i, I mean I, I mean i'm an immigrant that's one of the biggest thing i want to make sure that you know some of the audience who are immigrants you know, they understand that you know how you can relate to our story right? i don't want to tell all the high and moon all the good stuff and you know? i want to tell you guys what's directly it's more important right you're spending time to listen to this podcast so you want to really uh, get a lot of value and related to it and all that right so but so anyone can do this business if you have a different mindset yeah right and uh, you need to believe in that
that and uh, and us there's so much of opportunity out there it's unlimited opportunity here you just uh, whether you want to do it or not and what's your risk tolerance are if your risk tolerance are so so low uh, then you probably don't want to do it right i mean if you look at me i have like three kids uh, you know all our young kids uh, going to school and i have my full time w2 job and i was the only breadwinner right in my house so it's very important for me to you know double or triple my pay before i start uh, quitting my job and i quit like 3 4 years ago but it's very scary right we don't have anyone else here in the us right so so we can't mess up right so we are always important to you know do this on the part time not like just jump into some business and start doing this on your own yes yeah your story definitely inspires a lot of uh, immigrants yeah absolutely yep so james like what markets you are investing and what is the reason i look for austin and san antonio which is uh, in texas and the simple reason is because we are vertically integrated we do everything we do property management we do asset management we raise money ourselves and and we also do construction and you know texas is a really good market by itself and is on our backyard and um, you know i think it's is important to focus on our backyard because it's already a good market it can be a hot market same like your market right rama in uh, north carolina people say it's hot yes. but that is still the best market for local guys right so unless you are somewhere in a very uh, you know market that doesn't make sense right like uh, you know california or new york there's, there's not much of cash flow play there is more of appreciation play then you want to look at you know other markets but if you are in a market where you know very you know uh, very good in cash flow landlord friendly and you know, all that you should just focus on your own market so that's why i focus on my own market right now in my backyard okay and what type of properties and what size we look for minimum 200 units all apartment class b and c i'm doing less of c right now i'm doing more uh, class a minus and b that's what i'm looking for looking at right now but uh, 200 plus you know a minus and b is what i'm looking at so how do you source the deals james uh, so in the beginning i source you all using off market where i go direct to seller because uh, you know going through bidding process and buying through brokers and winning deals actually you're losing deals right so because <laughs> you are the highest paying guy there right so yeah it's like open market where people go and bid and they say oh i want the bid right but actually you it's like auction right when you want the auction you do not know whether you paid too much or or you really like that product or not right so so i like off market deals and because you know i get access exclusive access to the sellers and we get really good deals off market uh, but you know i do work with brokers as well uh, but you know it's it's you know we try to avoid bidding war by going to off market directly but we have done bidding war but very very small out of my nine deals probably you know like four to five are all off market right, right. so would you share us the techniques you are implemented to find the off market deals sure absolutely absolutely there's no secret here you know the secret is hard work <laughs> which not many people want to do what i what we did so we basically collected all the you know sellers uh, owners information and then from there what we do is we go and uh, skip trace them right look for their phone numbers and we do you know we cold call them uh, we you know also text blasted them and we also did a email blast mail blast sorry email and mail blast so we have like three or four methods to reach them directly it's a lot of hard work but you know that's where as i said you get the best deals right so any like challenges you face challenges are just a lot of hard work because your hit rate can be less than 1% right so if you send like 1000 connections you probably get like you know maybe like 10 respond and out of 10 respond maybe two or three will be like a real deal right even that they may not work so it's a, it's a consistency of reaching out to them and a persistency right you have to be persistent following up with people you have to be consistent and that's the challenge it's just a lot of work and um, you know you can it's very hard to do more than 150 units for off market deals i mean 50 to 150 units are the sweet 
spot to find deals, but it's a really good number for newbies, right? I mean, don't you want 150 units? Of course you want it, right? So don't you want 50 units? <laughs> of course you want it, right? So it and gives you a sweet spot for people to really, um, you know, for newbies to get started or for new or beginner you know, syndicators or real estate investors to get started. Right. So how do you come up with the price for this off-market deals? As usual, as how brokers get it. So they get financials and we underwrite the financials and we see what we can pay, right? So based on financials, right? So that's how we get the price. Right. Yeah. So what are the important things do you look in in the due diligence process from both interior and exterior point of view? That's a loaded question. <laughs> we do a lot of due diligence because as I said, we are the owner operator, right? We, we do everything ourselves. So at very high level, we look for, okay, fundamentally, we look for major issues, right? Is the roof new? How old is it, right? Is there any structural issue, any foundation issues on the exterior, any roof issues, any material issues, right? Some drywall has this, uh, you know, asbestos and all that, right? Also, that's all big, big expense. Is there any uh, electrical panel issues? Like some electrical panel built in 1980s, there's something called step lock, which is, you know, can cause fire, right? So that are the big, big things we look for, right? That would kill the deal, right? Or you have to, you have to put in the budget for it, right? Then after that, there's small, small things, right? Whether the rent rule matches with what the seller is claiming. When they say 94% occupied, is it really 94% occupied, right? And then second thing is how many people are, you know, delinquent? What is the delinquent? So we verify the rent row, right? And of course, we go into each unit and check the units, you know, to see the budget. But, you know, usually we don't find major, major issues, right? It's very rare to find interior unit inspection major issues. Unless the units has like, you know, 20 units fire and it's locked out and they say there's a resident living in it, right? That's a big problem. But until now, we have not seen that kind of case because that would be considered a real fraud. Right. But major issues, uh, you have to be really, really uh, watch out. Like, you know, asbestos on wall, foundation issues, uh, uh, you know, you know, roof, how old is it? This is all on the ins- on the building itself, right? But of course, on the area, you also want to see whether it's on the flood zone. Uh, that's itself, we will see it on the beginning itself. We need some kind of insurance for flood zone. And, uh, you know, house, I mean, of course, in the feasibility of the deal, you know, in terms of rent, you want to see what is the household income in that area, one mile. And of course, you want to look at, is that really true that you can get a rent bump? If you say, I'm going to get a rent bump of 100,000, sorry, $100 per door, are you really going to get it or not? So you have to walk all the comps and see it, whether you're really going to. So that are the important things you have to do as part of the due diligence. Very high level. Right? There's a lot of details, but at high level, that's what we do. Awesome. So and what kind of business plan you, your group will implement for your deals? We, I mean, we do the boring stuff. We go and <laughs> push up the rent and uh, reduce expense. But of course, there's a lot of details on that, right? It's not simple. You can go and you know, tell people to push up rent. So so the business plan, we uh, actually, basically in business plan, we, everything model in Excel, right? And we try to map tenant behaviors in Excel. So when we say that this particular unit configuration, someone's going to pay $50 more, we are, we are actually trying to model that a real resident going to really put $50 more, right? When we renovate. So that's what we validate right now, business plan. So that's what the primary things we do. I mean, how do we push rents? How do you make the management more streamlined? How do you make the uh, turnover much less, right? Because now you have much better management because less turnover, your expense to uh, turnover, the units are less as well. So, but that's what we do. I mean, um, you know, increase income, by doing capex capital expense on all the interiors and also we do exterior as well to make sure the curb appeal and the whole units are looking nice and uh, on the uh, exterior we look at driveways we look for you know if we need to do painting exterior to look nice we'll do it and we make sure the landscapes are good and uh, that's the high level of business plan we do and you know hopefully we can get the rent bump that we have projected right so uh, you do like deep value deals or just yeah i'm an expert in deep value add 
<laughs> so our first three, four deals, we did deep value add where we go and turn around demographic. We go and, uh, you know, uh, change the people there. We go and change the unit. We rehab big, big rehab, $10,000 per door. We do all that. Uh, but I know 2018, 19, we stopped doing that because we know market is too hot and we go all into long-term loans, right? Where we do value add, you know, uh, slightly boring stuff. But uh, deep value add is very exciting, but uh, value add is slightly boring and cash flow is the worst boring one, right? But yeah, we do deep value add, but uh, as I said, 2018-19, we went to the normal value-add deals. Right. So how do you come up with the budget for interior and the exterior? Based on experience, and uh, I know you can use contractors to do it, but we are so experienced right now. When I walk into a property right now, I already know roughly how much it's going to cost, like whether 3000 or 5000 per door. We know what is the, what we have spent on other properties. And you know, exterior, we'll see if there's a major thing. Of course, we get a, you know, let's say there's a big foundation issue. We get a foundation guy to really validate the fix, right? Uh, and give us a bit, right? Uh, we do that. If there's a roof, we have our subcontractor who does the roof and he gave us the uh, bid as well. So we get contractors to do it for big, big stuff. But for small, small stuff like interior rehab, we do it ourselves. Okay, great. So would you share us like about your best and worst renovation experiences? Best and worst renovation experience? Yeah. Best renovation experience, our second deal where we spent like almost like what, 5000 a door. Uh, we spent like, we spent almost one and a half million dollars in 12 months. And we increase our whole value of that unit of that property from 6 million to almost 13 million in 12 months wow yeah so you know that's crazy right so we refinanced out in 12 months refinance all our cash out plus 17 percent. but the amazing thing how we can spend one and a half million dollar in 12 months is really amazed me sometimes you know that sounds like a big number right one and a half million dollars and i'm the guy who spent it so but basically it's a conversion from cash in your bank to the value of the property that's what we did right so once you convert that cash into the value, so imagine we spend one and a half million dollars from cash to value and our value of the deal went from 6 million to 13 million, right? So that's a huge multiplication, right? So yeah, yes. Right. So, so basically we converted everything into an asset and from asset, we refinanced out the cash, right? So that's one of the best, bad remodeling. Let me think, uh, and all remodelings are good, but you no, know, we had cases where, you know, where, you know, vendors run away with money and all that. Uh, I would say that's a bad uh, experience where, you know, we give some vendors some money and they take the money and go and missing. Right. So that's a problem. So it's all part of the learning for us. Yeah. I would say, uh, I mean, of course we didn't, uh, lose a lot, but still a bad experience experience for us because uh, you know how we work with vendors and all that that's why it's not an easy business i mean especially if you're doing construction if you're doing property management super hard business but that's where the most money is made right uh, and uh, and we are owner operators right so we are we watch all our expenses like a hawk and even with us watching like a hog, we can make this kind of mistake. Imagine if you give it to third-party property management on how much, uh, how much uh, scam or you know miss miss. I would say uh, inefficiency, right? In that kind of uh, third-party property management exp- operation, right? So yeah, that's what it is. I mean, good and bad uh, experience in our innovation. Yep. Thanks for sharing. And what is your current focus? And uh, share something you're excited about now. I'm excited. What's going to happen with COVID? I'm like, really excited with COVID. It's especially I'm happy that COVID happened. I know. 
know people don't people are so confused right now why what is this guy talking about right so <laughs> the air is fresher now outside right so because there's not many cars right uh, but i mean jokes aside um, i mean we you know it, it's important for any investors to go through the ups and downs of the market right so when i started i started in 2013 with single family and at that time i didn't go through any downturn so i always have this feeling that i am not complete yet because i haven't gone through a downturn right uh, how do i talk to investor you know, i can't boast a lot about investor right if the investor said that hey you have never gone through downturn what's the point you're talking a lot right so, <laughs> right i mean there's a lot of champ in a good market right everybody's a champion in a good market <laughs> so i'm happy we're going through right now we are doing very well right now not say very well we are doing well i mean during recession i mean of course it's not good as non recession but i'm happy that i'm getting the experience to operate properties during downturn yeah right so now i can put that in my resume right i went through a downturn cycle yes <laughs> that's why i'm happy for covid right so one advice that impacted you one advice that impacted me just that you have to work hard i mean a lot of people you know they say they want to be rich they want to get out of this you know you know rat race of working and i'm sure a lot of your listeners right now are thinking as well i mean uh, how do i get out right and they want to they want to do something but they really don't have the burning desire to do it right uh, like for example like you rama right i mean you are doing this podcast right you don't have to really do it right you can just go on with your life right but the the reason why you're doing this and giving this free content you know you are going out of your way to do extraordinary things right so people who does extraordinary things you know usually will progress much faster in life right and a lot of your listeners will be probably doing the normal things right they they don't take action they do not want to take risk and they think it's better just to save to just work right it's nothing wrong about just working you know you just have to how much risk tolerance you have but then you know it's a conflicting information right if you say i want to be you know i want to get rich or want to be wealthy or i don't want to work anymore but they are not doing anything that's out of their normal day to reach their you know their their vision right so so that's why, i mean um, you have to do things differently from others if you want to you know come up in life yeah right if you want a different results you have to do different things like what einstein say right so if you're doing the same thing then of course you're going to be the same thing so don't blame anyone else so any of your personal habits that helped you to be successful personal habits uh, think waking up early morning meditating visualizing you know uh, journaling all that helped absolutely keeps your mind focused and especially when you when i had w2 jobs i was doing this business as well i had like 300 units being managed while i had the, my w2 job so but i have to i used to wake up very early and go to sleep late and during lunch time of my w2 job i do my business and all that kind of things right so yeah just uh, being persistent being waking up early and doing you know meditation and focusing and all that did help me in terms of uh, you know getting to where i am right now okay cool so any one book that impacted your life and what way think and grow rich by napoleon hill cool and how are you giving back to community james so we are big on uh, sponsoring uh, often education so right now we are sponsoring 330 kids in uh, india in africa mexico you know by giving them education uh, we are sponsoring the education and we have a big goal of uh, you know doing a lot more kids uh, as we move along in our life and uh, that's what we are focusing on right now we're focusing a lot uh, i mean while we do our business but we are all about uh, giving back to the community on top of you know sponsoring the children education for our community we we give a lot of uh, you know school backpacks school supplies and we 
we do a lot of uh, you know thanksgiving um, function for kids uh, christmas function for kids and uh, you know and also halloween function right so we do a lot of it for all our properties nine properties that we have and we also have uh, usually we set up like a mini library in all our community so that uh, kids can get education and a lot of our investors uh, you know uh, do contribute to that library you know they buy books for the kids and all that so it's a good way of uh, you know uh, helping everyone while uh, while we do our business yeah good idea well i mean that's end of the day that's what you want to do right you want to impact other people's life right while making money yeah so how can listeners connect with you james they can come to my website it's called achieveinvestmentgroup.com achieve is like achieving a goal a c h i e v e achieveinvestmentgroup.com and if they want to be in our investor list and come to my website there's a link called invest with us on the top on the top and then just click there and register and but i'm offering all your listeners a free book right now i'm, I'm launching my website on my book uh, which is a best seller book uh, it's top 15 real estate investing book by jim cramer the straight uh, so the book name is called passive investing in commercial real estate and you can go to passive investing in real estate.com to get it passive investing in real estate.com to get it for free so they should go and get it because it's a limited offer right now it's a best selling book and i already sold like 2000 paid copies of it in amazon it's like uh, you know 20 bucks get it right uh, the physical copy right here you can get a digital copy uh, of my book oh, awesome thanks for sharing james and thanks for adding value to the show yeah yeah and my direct email is james at achieveinvestmentgroup.com so you know, if anyone wanna wanna learn about how this industry works uh, first read my book right of course then you can connect with me because the book will give you a really good outlay out outland outlay of the land uh, lay of the land i would say of the whole uh, commercial real estate and how does syndication and passive investment works yep sure if you like the show please subscribe share rate and review and if you want to connect with me please send me a message info@ushacapital.com thank you for listening creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast i hope you learned something from the show see you in the next episode thank you any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only as always please consult with your own cpa legal and financial advisor before investing